Welcome to Jabberwocky Audio Theatre. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Visit our website at jabberaudio.com slash support to learn more or go to patreon.com slash team jabberwocky. The following audio theater is rated ADPG, so parental guidance is suggested. There has always been a gray area between the just and the unjust, the lawful and the lawless, a nebulous region where the trappings of authority share little crossover with the course of justice, and where those who attempt to shine light into the dark recesses of power are often the least expected. July 2012. After a series of misadventures in Las Vegas, Pogro player Jimmy Harmon has returned to Los Angeles, both to rebuild his bankroll and learn more about who was behind the death of his friend, Will Archer. But his plans are interrupted when his former girlfriend, Robin Freeman, shows up on his doorstep, desperate for help. David Turner, Los Angeles County Office of the Assessor, killed outside his home in what appears to be a hit-and-run accident. Police have no suspects. That's my boss. I started working at the county assessor's office about... Nine months back, I get this call, said to look into the White Bluff Restoration Trust. I bring this tip to the investigations team. Next day, the person I give it to and the branch director and my boss get whatever. Damn. Why come to me? A name the caller said right before they hung up. Victoria Salkovich. She's that woman who used to bankroll you, right? Advising Robin that her safest course is to return to work and keep a low profile... Harmon proceeds to the most exclusive private poker game in Los Angeles, a game frequented by film stars and wealthy amateurs. But Harmon's motives are more than merely financial, as he relays to Wilmer Crick, bodyguard and enforcer to Victoria Salkovich, the very person who arranged his seat at that exclusive table. I finally got into the poker game Victoria put me in for. So, first of all, I wanted to thank her for that. She'll be thrilled. Get back to paying what you owe. Relax. The game went fine. But I wasn't able to find out who your old buddy Watson was really working for. You know, your bestie? Guy who killed my friend, Will? Yeah, whatever. Following the game, Jimmy accepts an unusual assignment from fellow player and venture capitalist Anton Kreitzer. An assignment shared with the enigmatic Eleanor Wallace and the overtly dramatic... Ken Ford. I need you each to carry these items of interest for me. They are neither illegal nor dangerous in themselves. That said, there may be parties who seek to obtain them. In for a penny, as they say. Dench. Money's good. I'm on it like a car bonnet. Greitzer's warning proves prescient as Harmon returns home to discover his apartment ransacked. Attempting to secret the package in a nearby junction box, Harmon finds the perpetrator lying in wait for him. So, what you got there? Jabberwocky Audio Theater presents Quorum, The Gambler's Tale. Tonight's presentation, All That Glitters, Episode 4. Don't have all night. Asked what you got there. Beast with the oversized pistol pointed square at me was a sight to behold, and not just the way his shock of rabbit white hair and matching complexion seemed to glow in the dark. 
His bearing made him seem twice his otherwise average size. A pro, through and through. Good evening, kind sir. Fancy seeing you here at, uh, 9 p.m. It's a long day. Someone would like a word with you. Well, several people would like a word. I'm a popular guy, but it's been a long night, so you'll understand if I beg off. We haven't even been properly introduced. Oh, forgive me. Malone and your Harmon. Pleasure. Now open that service box back up. Seriously? Waving a gun around in broad daylight? I mean, well, nightlight? Kids live around here. Oh. Whatever. What did you put in there? I can't tell you, actually. Can't or won't? Well, both. I don't really know, and even if I did, it's not mine to divulge. Hand it over. I'm done asking nice dirtbag. I'm going to have to respectfully decline. Uh, excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll put it into smaller words so you'll be sure to understand. Me no open box for you. You think you're so smart? No, not at all. Well, except in comparison with a card-carrying Neanderthal such as yourself. Next to whom the Kardashian clan would seem Rhodes Scholars. Huh? Well, you're thick. What's it take to get through to you? You're an idiot. A moron. A mouth-breathing... That's it. You're dead, you son of a... Oh! Wow, serious glass jaw there. One smack with a cheap metal door. And into the sewer for your little elephant gun. Don't want you taking shots at me when next we meet, Malone. Better yet, not meet. It's been... Then I saw it. On the pale goon's belt. The badge he hadn't bothered to show me. LAPD. Malone was a cop in this town. Detective, even. Son of a bitch. Well, the guy was dazed, but moving. It's a good sign. Getting hit in the head's not like in the movies. Real world, take a hit like that and lose consciousness more than a minute, likely not waking back up. Which I'd feel guilty about. Probably. In any case, had to move. Good bit of luck, no doubt. Real wind was getting away with my stupidity, not checking if whoever'd ransacked my place was still here. Idiot. Especially after making a show of keeping Robin safe, driving around her block three times to check for anything out of the ordinary. That said, getting the drop on that guy? Observation and deduction, staples of a good poker player. Way he kept on about opening the junction box meant he hadn't seen what I'd put in it, or it couldn't be sure. Else he'd have just overpowered me and taken the package. So probably under orders not to shoot me until he had Kreitzer's box in hand. Made him frustrated enough for me to put him off his game. On tilt, as we say. Had to take a chance running back in to grab a few things. Hope Malone wouldn't be getting up too quickly. And didn't have a partner. Didn't think so, or they'd both have taken me outside. But my heart was pounding. Good thing I keep my bolt bag handy. Looks like my earlier advice to Robin was paying off. That Malone's a cop adds a wrinkle. Why not show his badge straight away? And that cannon of his sure as hell is an LAPD issue. So, not on duty. Keeping the badge in reserve. In case he ran into trouble. After he'd gotten the box and finished me off. Wonderful. Didn't have a clue what to do next. The fact they'd come here meant they knew I had the box and who I was, or wouldn't have found my place so quick. Had only been a few hours since the meeting at Kreitzer's office. If they'd been at Kreitzer's, why not come at me sooner? So, they lost me. Hence the tossing of my apartment. For all they knew, I'd come straight home to hide the box. But it's not like I'd been hiding since I left the office, or watching close to see if I was being followed. So maybe, maybe they were at Kreitzer's, but didn't have enough people to follow three separate targets. Mr. Harmon, I hadn't expected to hear from you so soon. What can I do for you? Farah, listen. Mr. Kreitzer said to call you if we had any questions. It's not really a question, but my place was tossed. I got into a disagreement with a goon, called himself Malone, interested in our little prize. Looks to be a cop, but not on city payroll tonight. Did he... I I've still got it. All secure. 
And I'm okay. It's just, I'm pretty sure they were at Mr. Kreitzer's office earlier. I think they might have followed Eleanor, Ms. Wallace, or Ford. Maybe both of them. I see. They knew who we were, or at least who I was. Maybe before, maybe after, I, I don't know. But since they knew we'd gotten the assignment, either somebody told them or they were watching, waiting. I'll check on your fellow assignee's situations. Thanks for the warning. I, I could give Eleanor a call myself if you gave me... Thank you, Mr. Harmon. That won't be necessary. I suggest you take care of yourself and let me worry about Miss Wallace. Okay. Bye. I know what you're thinking. That was a thinly-veiled, semi-creepy way to get Eleanor's phone number. That's not it. I mean, not entirely it. All right. As I think we've clearly established to date, I'm far from Mr. Upstanding Citizen. I'm working on it. Whoa! Still on an adrenaline high. Every instinct says stay in public. Don't let anyone get the drop on me. Not again, anyway. But at some point, I'd have to find somewhere to roost. Didn't see anyone following, but as we've seen, my spy skills are suspect. Can't very well meet Robin tomorrow if I'm being followed myself. How savvy were these guys? Malone likely had cop resources at his disposal, even if he was moonlighting as a hired thug. Could he track me from a credit card at a hotel? Had cash in my bolt bag, but not much. If I'd closed out in cash after the poker game, I'd be golden. Though, maybe not. Malone would likely have found it when he tossed my apartment. Hello, who's this? Don't tell me I made so forgettable an impression. Eleanor, are you all right? Did Farrah get in touch with you? I think somebody might have followed you from Kreitzer's office. Or Ford. Or, or both, I'm not sure. Somebody tried to, yes. Easier said than done. Especially in a bright red Subaru. Oh, okay. Well, I'm uh, sorry to get all freaked out. No apology needed. I'm flattered by your concern. From what Farrah said, we both had... Less than favorable interactions with less than desirable characters. With less than optimal results for them. Fortunately for us. To that end, I thought we could both benefit from a little note-sharing. What about all that business about staying separate? Well, Farrah indicated you were interested in bending that particular condition, so I figured what the hell. We certainly have a lot to discuss. Apparently, Farah had given Eleanor my number. Guess Eleanor was as willing to reach out as I'd been. Maybe not for the same reasons, but who am I to question fate? I stashed my car in a parking garage in Granada Hills and met up with Eleanor around 11. The way I figure, at most, they only had a couple people at Kreitzer's. This Malone guy may be a cop, but he's working way outside official duties. Hasn't looped in his uniform pals, yet. When we left, they took a chance and decided who to follow. I lucked out, at least as far as them not coming after me till later. Well, I can't speak for Ford, but I spotted my tail as soon as I left the building. Not especially subtle, but they probably figured evening LA traffic would give them more cover than it actually did. So they didn't give you any difficulty? Let's just say I have a particular set of skills. A ride to match. This is a Mustang? It's not what I expected. My dad had one in the 90s, but it wasn't, well, this. His was an automatic. We called it the Barca, as in Barca Lounger. More lazy than exciting. Hmm. Probably a Fox Platform V6, pre-New Edge. This is an 08 Bullet Commemorative Edition. Can resist. Based on the Mustang GT, but the 4.6 liter V8 packs a punch over the baseline GT. Only made about 6,500 of these. So you had no trouble outrunning them, I take it. Hmm. Losing a tail isn't about speed as much as agility and geography. Century City's not strict city grid territory, but there are a few side roads to turn down. 
long as you know how not to get stuck in a dead end. You get more impressive by the hour. Uh, so do you have your package? Farah, I'm here with the formidable Mr. Harmon. You're on speaker. I'm not sure what the process here should be, but I haven't been able to reach Mr. Ford. Mr. Kreitzer is at his function and doesn't appear to have his phone on. I'm concerned about things being left too long. So you'd like us to pay Mr. Ford a friendly visit? I realize it's not within your mandate, and I'm not even sure you'll be able to find him. He's supposed to be staying at the Expedition Inn Motel up in Burbank, near Olive and Verdugo, room 23. I'm worried Mr. Kreitzer would want to keep you away from there, but without him to give a specific answer... I think we can spare a moment for a courtesy check. Should take about mm, 20 minutes to get there from here. We'll be in touch. Not to cast any aspersions as to your stamina, but how are you holding up? If we hope to avoid a compromising outcome, I need you on your A-game. Let's not rule out compromising outcomes just yet. I'll be fine. Given my usual work schedule, this is effectively midday. Let's go see how our up-and-coming silver screen star Mr. Ford is faring. open. Not the most promising of signs. And here I thought my place was messy. Once again, you reveal a bit more about yourself than you might intend. They do say great minds tend to be disorganized. Unkempt and humble. A stellar combination. Take care not to touch anything. Right. Don't know how long he was here, but it looks like he never bothered to unpack all the way. Still living out of the suitcase there. More likely in the middle of packing it back up when our mysterious pursuers arrived. Maybe. Doesn't look like he's here, though. No, but the item in his charge is... What? Oh, his package. The box, anyway. Which they didn't bother to open gently. Whatever treasure it concealed is long gone. Oh, mm. looks like I spoke too soon. Ford is here, after all, or a highly perforated version of him, anyway. And here I could swear I just admonished you against touching anything. And I was listening. I used my sleeve to nudge the door open. No fingerprints left behind. Honestly, don't know what I expected to find here. Uh, I've seen worse. Is that a matter of actual fact or poetic hyperbole? Unfortunately, true. Last year, a desert near Vegas... Never mind. Suffice to say, less than palatable. I don't suppose this could be self-inflicted. Don't imagine most people with suicidal intent take time to shoot themselves in the chest and head. Safe to say this is likely courtesy of your cop friend Malone and whoever he's working with. Figured as much. Bit of straw grasping on my part. You see anything else interesting in the room? Multi-talented though I may be, this isn't exactly my area of expertise. Just, if we're going to poke around, let's not do anything that'll leave traces. Gotcha. Forgot that the last time I searched a room. I gather that's another Vegas story? Same story. Different episode. Here, we'll handle everything through these tissues. Poor man's substitute for latex gloves. Though I don't quite know what we're looking for. There's a passport in a suitcase. Kenneth Ford, born in Greenville, California. Doesn't look like he's ever even been to England. <laughs> Can't say I'm surprised. Bit too eager to play up the Cockney dialect. An acting class brochure. Suppose that part was true. Still, I have to wonder how he and Parker Wells linked up. Both actors, but wildly different circles. I'm not seeing anything especially illuminating. Oh, wait a second. What about the package? Kreitzer's box. Do you think it's any different than ours? Maybe. Clearly took whatever was inside it, but left the box itself. Maybe that'll tell us something. Okay. Symbols on these wheels look comparable to those on my box. Letters on the first, Cyrillic. 
Roman numerals on the second. Mine has a lot of Arabic text and a third dial with dots. That could be Morse code. But his just has the two dials. How's it compare with yours? Mine's a little different. Some kind of writing on the bottom. That's gibberish. Maybe encoded. Doesn't have wheels, but dials. Like on a combination lock. Seven of them, with Greek letters. Mr. Kreitzer's entrusted us with puzzle boxes. Puzzle boxes? I've seen some this outfit in Austin makes. These are quality material. Golden braid pattern on Ford's here, top-notch. Fits with what Kreitzer said about this all being some kind of game. Though they didn't bother to try and solve it, just smashed it open. They're more entertainment than security. Not really meant to repel a determined treasure seeker. So next question is... What was in the box? The $20,000 question. Well, 15000 actually, but yeah. Assuming our boxes contain the same thing, or near enough, there's one sure way to find out. Kreiser didn't tell us not to open them. And perhaps that was intentional, hoping we'd exploit that loophole in his instructions. Not to mention we're already violating one of his conditions by coordinating our efforts. Now, if memory serves, he phrased that more as a request. His concern there was keeping the boxes separated. And given that Farah eventually put us in contact... One might infer at least tacit endorsement there. Assuming she's not as in the dark as we are. After all, she hasn't been working for him long. Not sure I'm quite ready to take that step, even assuming we could figure it out without breaking the boxes. If there was something we needed to know, that might be different. But at this stage, it feels more like we'd just be indulging curiosity. It seems we've overstayed our welcome. Unless you'd care to explain our presence to the boys in blue. Besides the whole Malone situation, I don't have the rosiest history with the police. Let me guess. Vegas. Okay, slow down. Keep it casual. Just two motel guests. This would be quicker if you parked in the motel lot. Quicker, granted, but penned in the courtyard. Ultimately untenable. You're down the stairs and out the back, through the service corridor. Hold on. All right, we're clear. Maintain cool. Here, take my hand. And here I thought we were keeping it professional. A strolling couple doesn't provide grounds for police suspicion. A brain fills in a story automatically, especially a cop brain, hardwired to stick things into neat little prepackaged boxes. Good guys, bad guys. This way, we don't flag as criminals. Just two people enjoying the marginally cooler evening. Marginally. Still feels like 90 out here. And my point is proven. Just a bit farther to go. Oh, that was close. You two, hold on a minute. You had to jinx it. Put your seatbelt on. Safety first. Whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Okay, need to get off Verdugo, fast. Keep off the thoroughfares. Too easy for them to track us. Uh, I have to trust you on that. The streets are mostly grid layout around here. I think I can keep ahead of it. For a moment, anyway. Am I overly naive in hoping you have a plan? First, keep far enough ahead he can't get a read on the plate. It's dark, so that works in our favor. Next, hope we can get out of the area before he decides to get someone to cut us off. Not an easy task in city traffic, even at this hour. And third, don't do anything so outrageous that he sends a chopper our way. Marginally, tougher to evade. Maybe we can lose him if we head up to the studio lots. If we can get through the security gates. Your plan is to drive where they have more cameras and you can shake a stick at? And love how you glossed over that part about getting past security. Uh, okay. I'll leave the driving to you. Ah, looks like our boy's still trying to take us down solo. Lay hero. It's good. Predictable textbook cop mentality. Two more quick turns. And... There. That driveway looks like it turns around the back, past the carport. Hang on. Whoa! 
Keep still. If I timed that right, it didn't kick up any tire smoke. You won't have seen us turn in here. Had to do something like that myself once. Well, I wasn't actually the one driving, but I pulled the emergency brake when we turned so they wouldn't see our brake lights. Drifting? Drifting? Seriously? Didn't know what it was called then, but it worked. It's not. Well, hang on. A few more seconds. Okay, now to vacate before the owner of this house gets curious as to why there's a car parked next to a swimming pool. Since we turned in from the east, I'm betting he'll have turned west at the intersection. So it should be clear to backtrack a bit to get out of the vicinity. Very well done. As I said, I have a particular set of skills. One among many, I'm sure. Definitely would have put Ford to shame. And <laughs> what you did wasn't drifting. And what? What you were saying before. Was it rear-wheel drive? Uh, it was an old Honda, I think. Uh, Civic, maybe? So front-wheel drive, not drifting. At best, a controlled slide. More likely, uncontrolled. Uh, yeah, that's probably more like it. Drifting's a specialty. Dramatic, but way slower than a controlled turn. I'd never do it in real-world driving. Especially not with the asphalt as hot as it is right now. Intentionally oversteer, sacrificing traction. Now this Mustang could drift, especially since I turned off traction control. But no better way to draw attention than wagging the tail and sending smoke signals. Best to choose the proper braking point, turn in to set the car, then power out using the throttle to steer. It sounds like you really know what you're doing. A bit. You got crazy lucky. Best case, destroy your tires. More likely, smash into pieces. That's actually kind of what happened in the end. Hmm, figures. Oh, relax. I don't mean to be short. Kind of adorable you're wanting to impress. I'm almost flattered. Yeah, well, I've learned my lesson. Again. I do wish we'd been able to find out more at the motel. Barry's request was just to check on Ford's status. I'd say that mission was fairly well accomplished. Yeah, but hang on. The room was messy, right? Are you saying Ford was a fellow great mind? I mean, maybe not all messy people are great thinkers, but I didn't see anything actually broken, did you? The door was open, but wasn't kicked in or anything. I gather there's a point you're building to? But just, what if there wasn't a struggle? I mean, the place is disorganized, but that's just his normal state. It's not like my place, which they ransacked. So, what, the, the bad guys show up and he just lets them in? Malone might have flashed his badge. He didn't want to play cop with me, at least not right away, but it might have been an easy way to prompt Ford to open up. And then... I didn't say anything before, but pegged Ford is likely to turn the moment he saw a better offer. Not so much from his behavior tonight, but when I first met him last night. Con artist, through and through. So you're saying Ford just handed the box over? Could be. They'd have had to offer something decent. Our deal was for 15000 Money was not a fortune, but not chump change. Ford also implied Kreitzer had something on him. As indicated by his immediate assumption that we were in similar circumstances. Exactly. Malone or whoever makes an offer good enough to beat that? Money or leverage? Maybe both? Ford likely smile and take it. But why bother to make a deal? Why not just take the box, like he tried with you? Ford looked like he could take care of himself. Had to be, what, 6'2", six, 6'3"? Six, At least insinuated he'd done time. His mention of the shovel and pick. But his hardened criminal claims could just as easily have been part of his ruse. Like the whole Cockney accent. Right, but Malone probably thought it was true. Back to what I said before, each of us playing to our strengths. I'm an observer. Not always the best, I'll admit, but that's what I have. From what I've seen of your driving, I'm betting Kreitzer figured that'd come into play. And Ford? Brute force, I guess. Makes sense enough. Close quarters like the hotel room, Malone might not have wanted to chance it. And maybe the package wasn't visible offhand. 
Malone wasn't willing to shoot me until he was sure he had the box. But in the end, he decided to kill him anyway. Yeah, I guess so. It's probably the plan all along. No loose ends. Yeah, I'm just trying to develop a working theory. See? You may not know much about driving, but you have your own moment to shine. Farah, impeccable timing. Were you able to find anything out about Ford? Unfortunately, looks like the interested parties managed to find Ford and cash him out, so to speak. And they got the contents of his package. Mr. Kreitzer is not going to be happy to hear that. Are the two of you safe now? I wouldn't go so far as to say we're safe, but we appear to be out of the immediate line of fire. Good. I finally spoke with Mr. Kreitzer, and he wants to accelerate the timeline. Probably even more so once he hears about Mr. Ford's condition. So where and when do we fulfill our obligations? Not sure just yet. He needs to make some calls. I'll be in touch shortly. In the meantime, please be careful. Even if out of pure self-interest, I'll do my best. We'll take care of ourselves. Well, now what to do? The evening is still young. As tempting as the staggering array of possibilities might be, I'm afraid it's time for us to part ways. Part ways? Already? But we Not just... said our little escapade hasn't been captivating, but I do have other matters to attend to. And I have confidence that, despite this evening's obstacles, you can manage to take care of yourself from here. Maybe. I could point out that we've already abandoned our stay apart mandate. Thought we wanted to compare notes. We have. Given what we've learned, it's best we chart our separate paths. Resume separation. We know Malone has at least one accomplice. Whoever was driving the red Subaru after me while Malone accosted Ford. Or the other way around. We don't know for sure it was Malone that killed Ford. That part's still speculation. True enough, but two pursuers in either case. Best not to give them a single target. Do cheer up, Mr. Harmon. Take heart in knowing you'll see me again soon. At which point, I'll hold you to that drink. I still don't recall making any promises. I'm the eternal optimist. Eleanor drove back by the garage to pick up my car, gracious enough to wait until I was out safely. I've got a bit of a checkered history with cars and garages. Given Eleanor's driving, I felt fairly sure Malone and his crony, whoever he was, weren't watching me now. Had to gamble Malone wasn't bringing in the LAPD rank and file, at least not yet. Should be able to lose myself in a city of four million. Ten million, if you consider the whole county. Stay away from my regular haunts, maybe hit the beach, find a place to park, nod off for a few hours. Assuming I'd be able to sleep in this heat. Safer to head out of town entirely, but I did still have to meet Robin tomorrow. That had to be my top priority. Still a lot of corner pieces missing in this puzzle, and I need to be sharp. I was way out of my comfort zone. Deeper I got, the less this felt like poker and more like chess. A game of no-holds-barred conquest, a literal analog to war. And despite Kreitzer's assurance we weren't the ones playing, I had a feeling we were the expendable pawns in this game. You've been listening to Jabberwocky Audio Theatre. Tonight's production, Quarum, The Gambler's Tale, All That Glitters, Episode 4 of 10. Produced by Jabberwocky Audio Theatre in association with WERALP, Radio Arlington 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. Featured in the cast were Cameron McNary as Jimmy Harmon, 
Ariana Almajan as Eleanor Wallace, Liz Christmas as Farah, Ricardo Padilla as Malone, Tom Kramer as Tom, James Whalen as Paul and the police officer, and Bob Hurley as the racing announcer. Recorded at Tulgey Wood Studios in Springfield, Virginia, with supplemental recording at a variety of independent studios across the region. Music by Brooks Tegler. For specific music information, see our show notes at jabberaudio.com. This week's episode was produced by Bjorn Munson and written and directed by William R. Coughlin. For all the latest episodes and information on Jabberwocky Audio Theatre, visit jabberaudio.com. If you're enjoying Quorum and the other yarns we spin at Jabberwocky Audio Theatre, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast provider of choice. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash teamjabberwocky for exclusive content and to help us continue to bring you further tales of mysterious suspense and high adventure. Until next time, this is Marsha Renz saying thanks for listening and tune in next week for the next episode of Quorum, The Gambler's Tale. Don't miss next Saturday's big concert featuring the Jacob Rachel Connection. A perfect way to celebrate the best in thoroughbred racing. Holly, this is my big day. I can feel it. So close last time. So close. Tell me what I need to seal the deal. Tom, let me show you what I got. In race one, take the one horse. Sleepy Dan. Even at three to one, he's a bargain. But that's just the appetizer. You won't have to take a look at Trundle to make a mint on that horse, the four horse. Place a $4 exact, put it on 4-3, and another $2 on 4 to win. Or if you want to hedge a little, maybe use a $3 exact wheel on 4 with 3-2. Yeah, <laughs> I never was one to play things safe, Paul. You know that. Gotta play big to win big. Hast thou slain the Jabberwock? 